The following podcast is a Green Fresh Media production. I feel like the more social media I scroll through, it's like my creativity just diminishes. And I don't want to let that happen anymore. Anything that you can think of that makes you happy, that you have a passion for, that gets you excited, that gives you that spark of joy. And I know that sounds cheesy, but it's true. Do it. Gist is a lifestyle. So Gist is G-Y-S-T. It means get your shit together. And it was coined by Kayla Nicholson, a YouTuber. We all need that one day a week where we just focus on restoring ourselves, rejuvenating. Hello. Hello. Hi. It is just me, Emma, today. It's a solo episode this week, and it's actually midnight, the day of my 23rd birthday, so it's fun. Um, I'm here recording a podcast. I'm not partying. Loki wish I was, but it's fine. 23 is such a weird age. It's like, I don't know, this year I kind of wanted to just forget the fact that it was even my birthday, which sounds really sad, but it's not meant to be sad. It's just, you know, I'm working on my birthday and I'm going to an event for someone else's birthday tonight. So, which is totally fine. It's just how it is this year and I'm okay with it. Like I've been buying myself birthday gifts all month, but it just feels kind of like another day. Um, And I'm acknowledging the fact that it's like 20 theories of life. Yay. Like, oh my gosh, I made it so far, but it's okay. Like it's okay to have a chill birthday sometimes. I mean, in the past few years, I've had pretty spectacular birthdays, a surprise birthday, birthdays out of town on weekend trips with friends. Like it's been pretty great. And I'm really grateful that I have that. But this year is just super low key and I'm okay with it. So anyway, to make a long story short, Desam and I were going to record an episode together tonight and had some technical difficulties. So we decided to just do a solo episode. She's going to do one, I believe, next week or the week after, and I'm taking over for this week. But I'm going to talk about 23 things I've learned in my 23 years, which I know is so basic. Like you've seen it everywhere. It's just it's just one of those things. I've literally written a blog post about this for a different age, but I just have a lot of things I want to share and hopefully they can be useful to somebody. And, you know, it's just shocking that I'm 23. Like it feels so strange. I still feel 15 sometimes. And and then I realize I'm in my 20s and technically an adult. And that is just mind blowing to me. But before we get into the nitty gritty, let's start with Truly Obsessed. I have a few favorites I want to share. Also hope you're having an amazing day whenever you're listening to this. Okay, so my first recent favorite is Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. This show is so good. I don't know how I barely started watching it. It's on Amazon Prime. I believe you can get it other places, but you might have to pay for it. Um, But I watched it on Amazon Prime. And if you haven't heard of it, it's about this comedian. She, I think it's in like the 60s, late 50s, 60s. And she's a comedian. She was a housewife turned comedian. And it's basically her journey. And I don't know, like there's a lot of stuff going on. There's like relationships and family and obviously her breaking the stigma of what a woman at that time period was like, I feel like, I mean, it even starts out with her, like, you know, again, as a housewife, like doesn't have a job, 
um, would never, ever, ever say the risque things that she says as a comedian. But when she's in her comedian persona, she says what she's really thinking. And I think it's it's so refreshing and it's so good. And I love the music in it. I love the vibe of it. It's just a really great watch. So I highly recommend that one. And then I have a song favorite. It's Unchained Melody by Nora Jones. I know that she's not the original singer of this song. Like we, you know, got that. But this version is just so beautiful. I love it. It popped up on my Spotify. And Nora Jones just makes you feel like you're in 2007 in a coffee shop. Like it's Saturday. You're going to go get a pedicure with your mom. I don't know if that's exactly the vibe that you feel when you listen to Nora Jones. But like that is what I think of. I just think of like the year 2007 for some reason. So I love that song. And I love Nora Jones. She's very calming. And then my last favorite is the Airy Crossover Flare Leggings. These leggings have gone viral on TikTok. And I have to say... All of the stuff I've been getting lately is because of TikTok. Like I've just had a recent obsession with like TikTok videos. I've been making more lately, which I think is really fun, even though like at first I was scared because I was like, I don't want to be cringe. But like now I'm just like, you know what, whatever, like it's fun. So yeah, I found out about these leggings on TikTok and a lot of the stuff that I've been getting is like initially sold out because everyone on TikTok is getting these things, but for good reason. These leggings are the most flattering leggings I've ever worn in my life. Well, just what they're called. It's like a little crossover design on your waist. And so it gives you the illusion of just like a snatched waist. They're really awesome. They're super comfortable. Mine are getting tailored right now because as a 4'11 gal, uh, I was too short to fit into them. But... You know, on the days that I did wear them, I hiked them up a little bit and and they worked. They they looked really good and I liked them a lot. So highly recommend those. If you haven't gotten to check them out, go check them out on TikTok. And with that, we can honestly just get into the list because it's pretty hefty. But I'm gonna try to I'm gonna try to do this. I'm gonna try to do this in in 30 minutes somehow. Okay. So my first one is to do what makes you happy in bite-sized portions. And by that I mean literally anything that you can think of that makes you happy that you have a passion for that gets you excited that gives you that spark of joy and I know that sounds cheesy but it's true do it and it doesn't have to mean that you're choosing that above everything else or that you know you have to just pick one thing that makes you happy and only do that one thing it could just be balancing it like on a Saturday if you like baking start the morning with baking and then read after that and you if you enjoy reading watch a movie to end the night like you can incorporate so many things that make you happy into just one day And I feel like there's almost this pressure, at least in my mind, where I almost feel like I have to pick one thing. Like I can't have all these different passions. I can't have all these different things make me happy because it's it's too consuming. But the reality is, is that we're not going to get to do all of those things to their full capacity in our lifetime simply because we don't have enough time. But we could still make those things happen in small increments. And so I've just been trying to make the most of my days. Obviously, I'll be getting up earlier so that I have more time. But just by doing little things, and I say this all the time, like I think little things are so important. It's it's really what fuels me through my days. But just like coffee, something as small as that, making my coffee, learning new ways to make my coffee, that makes me happy. Making sure that I take reading breaks, that makes me happy. Listening to music that makes me happy. Making TikToks, which again is like a new thing, that makes me super happy. And it, it doesn't have to mean that you're going to pursue these things as a career or anything like that, but it's just... If it makes you happy, do it, point blank. Okay, second thing, your passions slash career shouldn't consume your whole life. I've been down this road and I'm trying not to go down it again because I feel like I don't even want to say as a writer, but like, okay, let's just just say I have really big dreams for writing. Um, I want to write a book someday and I have so many ideas. 
And I have so many things that I've jotted down over the years and so many books that I've started, but just have never gotten to finish. And it's almost because I feel like if I fully jump into it, it's going to consume me because I have allowed work in the past to consume me and it becomes everything. Like I can't let it go. I can't go to sleep. I can't focus on the present moment without thinking about that thing, without, you know, texting back a person that has to do with that thing. Like it's just, it's too much. And looking back, you know, to the time where I I really was just consumed by the work I was doing, it's sad. And it's like, yes, you should do what you love. And like, if you have a job that you love and and it just comes naturally to be so passionate about it, then like, that's awesome. And, And you should dedicate yourself to it. But there's also a balance that needs to be had. Like you have to draw the line at some point and you have to realize that that is separate from you and your actual personal life. And I feel like when it comes to work and passions and career, I kind of blend them all into one thing and it can be really easy to do that. But there has to come a point where you separate the two, where you only do things that make you happy purely for the sake of them making you happy rather than because you can make money from it, if that makes sense, or you're getting something out of it. And I know that sounds a little naive, but it's just something that I've realized is so true. And and I just don't want to live my life consumed by work and consumed by overwhelming passions. And I think passions are a good thing. But again, when you let them turn into something that's work-related or that's something that's overtaking your time and coming before your friends and your family and your own health, that's when it becomes a problem. And like, oh my gosh, this has literally happened to me when I'm working so fervently, like on a task. I won't, and this is so bad, like please don't do this, but I literally won't even let myself take a lunch break until I finish a certain thing. I didn't realize that was bad. Like I didn't realize that I shouldn't compromise my own health for the sake of work. So just think about that for a second. If that is you, this is your wake up call. And yeah, I mean, I'm on this new journey to try and get healthier and work out and make sure I'm eating nutrient rich foods other than just, you know, subbing all of my meals with iced coffee and croissants like that's not a meal and that's not something that's actually good for my body so even though it's quick and easy to get at starbucks while i'm working there not like at starbucks but like i'm working at a table at starbucks it still is not enough and yeah i just think that it's really easy to lose yourself in your work and and forget about all the other things but you can't work unless you're a fully functioning human with a fully functioning body so that's important and that was a long point let's move on okay number three is to read the washing direction so My whole life, I have been very lazy with doing my laundry and I have had a very bad habit, and this is really cringe to say, but bunching all of my laundry together (laughs) and washing it with warm water, not even looking at the directions. Like if, if you wash jeans, you probably know that you're supposed to wash them inside out in cold water, at least for most jeans. I was bunching my jeans in with all my other clothes, my pajamas, my underwear. Oh my gosh, it literally makes me cringe now thinking about it. And I never understood why my clothes had so much pilling on them and they looked so dingy. And now I'm like, oh, well, maybe it's because I should have actually read the washing directions. I never even thought to look at them. And now that I'm starting to shop more, which is like, oh my gosh, a thing I need to control. But I'm starting to shop more. I'm starting to buy a lot more clothes for myself. I realized that I really need to take care of this stuff because I'm paying good money for it. And I feel bad that I didn't take care of my other clothes prior to this, but I'm making a change and I'm, you know what? Okay, I will say I started washing my clothes correctly in college, but still like 
I'm doing it to an even greater extent now. And it's really good because my clothes are actually looking better. So read the washing directions because you could be damaging clothes that you pay really good money for and not even be knowing it. So yeah, very important, a very adult lesson. Also, if that's obvious for some of you, please don't judge me. Okay, number four, sending voice memos is superior to texting. I just, I like texting, but also it can be exhausting sometimes. And I feel like voice memos is just the most realistic way to get some semblance of a conversation when you can't have it in person. So I love voice memos. It makes me feel closer to my friends. And at the time I have a lot of long distance friendships. So that's just been such a lifesaver for me. Okay, number five, making niche playlists makes a life better. So I've talked about it on the podcast before. I like to make a really niche playlist. Um, so I have like very specific throwback playlists and I, I write little descriptions on like what exactly those songs evoke for me. And I also have ones for like, I have like the basic ones, like, you know, soft music, indie music, that sort of thing. But I love those super duper duper specific playlists on Spotify that are like reading by the window on a rainy day when your heart just got broken or something like that. Like just very, very, very specific situational playlists. I feel like those are so fun. And also just like music, like adding music to your daily life, always curating playlists, always adding new songs. I feel like if, if you don't have new songs constantly being added to your playlist, it just gets so boring and stale. And you're like, I don't even want to listen to that playlist because I heard every single song a million times. But when you're constantly adding to it, it just makes you excited to play it. Like, you know, when you like hear a bunch of new songs in an episode of a TV show, and then you add it to your playlist and the next morning you wake up and you're like, oh my gosh, I have all these new songs to listen to and they're so good and I'm getting like goosebumps just listening to them. Like that's the vibe you should have in your everyday life. So I really love that and it makes me happy. I'm gonna start doing more of that on my Spotify, but I started it this past year. So it's a work in progress. Okay, number six, don't yuck other people's yums. I had a sociology professor teach us this in class. And while he was probably like the worst professor ever, um, this was one of the few things that I actually took from his class. And it was just so obvious, but like for some reason I had never heard this quote before. And basically what it means is just, you know, if someone likes something, like don't shut them down by saying that you don't like it because that just doesn't add anything to the conversation. And I'm definitely guilty of this. Sometimes I do it without even thinking um, just because I, I don't know, I just speak my thoughts out loud. I say my opinion without really taking into account what the other person might feel or what they, you know, how they might interpret my opinion. And looking at it from like, an almost like third person perspective. If I were in a conversation with two other people and one person was like, oh my gosh, I love this song. It's just so good. It makes me so happy. And the other person's like, ew, like, why do you like that? Like, I just, I just can't get used to that guy. Like, I don't, I don't like his music, like that sort of thing. And yeah, it's just, it's just not cute. Um, I feel like it's just very unnecessary. And if something makes someone happy, then you cannot like it. Like, that's fine. Um, I totally, you know, everyone's entitled to their own opinion. Obviously, we're not going to like certain things that some people like, but I think that vocalizing it kind of makes the situation a little bit different. And things are just better off when you don't speak negatively of the things that other people like right to their face. So that's a huge one. Number seven. So what if they judge? So what if they judge? So what if they judge? <laughs> okay, I'm sorry. Yeah, literally. So what if they judge? Um, everyone is judging everyone in some sort of way. That sounds really, really bad. But I feel like if you want to do something, if you want to make TikToks just for fun, if you want to post more on your Instagram, if you want to start a business, if you want to start a fitness social media page, like so what? 
if people judge, because honestly, it's going to happen. Regardless if you're successful or not, if it's a short-lived thing or not, someone is going to be out there being a naysayer. And that's just how it is. And that sounds, you know, kind of sad because it's like, yeah, I, I wish things weren't like that. I wish that we could all just be happy and supportive of each other. But there's always going to be someone in the background, sometimes to your face, but a lot of times behind your back, saying things about you and not supporting what you do. And and thinking that, you know, you're annoying or thinking that you're too much. And honestly, who freaking cares? It's happening all the time. Oh my gosh. Like with every little thing that we do. And honestly, to expect anything else would be unrealistic. And I don't mean that in a cynical way, but I mean that people are going to judge anyway. So you can choose to worry and stress about it. Or you could choose to just accept it and let it go and only make room for the people that actually do support you because those are the people that are actually worth listening to rather than these other people that are over here sitting on their butts, making fun of you for doing what makes you happy and judging you for literally no reason. So that's all I have to say about that. I feel like that's something everyone needs to constantly remind themselves of. I need to constantly remind myself of. And it's it's gotten a lot better over the past few years. I don't find myself overly worrying about what other people think because if they don't like me, then we're probably not friends anyway. So it's not a real loss. Like when you really think about it, who are you actually losing here? Like you're losing a stranger that sees a TikTok of yours or you're losing a stranger that follows you but doesn't actually like what you post. You're losing a stranger that literally has no relationship with you. Like not really a loss. So do what you want. And if people judge, so what? Okay, number eight, reading is brain food. Reading is the only thing that keeps my brain engaged. Because like, yes, even though I'm working, sometimes I feel a little like a robot because I'm just sort of going through the motions. And yeah, like I'm engaged in a way, like I'm trying to do my best at work and do my best at all of the other jobs that I balance. But reading is one of those things that just centers me. And I feel like that's what it's designed to do. It's designed to give you compassion. It's designed to give you empathy for other people's situations, even if they're fictional. And also like if you're reading like a self-help book, obviously it's going to be teaching you things. So I just recommend reading. Like if you don't read, I, I really, really, really want you to just pick up a book. Even if you think that, you know, you're not the type of person who reads or that reading is boring. I promise you, it's probably just that you don't have the right book. And I will say like there have been some books that I just cannot get through. Like they're so cringe. They're just so negative. Like I hate the main character. I don't know. So many different reasons. But once you find a book that actually is good in your opinion, like that you like and that intrigues you, it's going to change your whole perspective on reading. And it it's honestly like a movie, but you're reading you know, and it makes you smarter. You learn new words. You look up definitions. You save them. That is my toxic trait is like I can't read unless I fully know the definition of a certain word. And so it slows me down because I'll like want to stop and look up the definition and make sure I save it and make sure I actually learn it. And then it leads to like a black hole of like research. Like, you know, what does this word mean? How could this word be used in a sentence? Like, what are the double meanings of this word? Like, it just gets crazy. But I digress. Read. Reading is brain food. It's literally exercise for your brain and you should do it every day. Even if it's just 10 minutes a day of reading, I promise you it'll make a difference. Number nine, consistency in skincare is key to good skin. So I, in the past, honestly, it's only been like two months. In the past two months, I have really made an effort 
to clear up my skin and knock on wood, like I'm literally knocking on wood. Hopefully nothing changes, but my skin has cleared up so much. And it's not even that it was really bad before. Like it wasn't great before. I think I had a lot of texture issues and I'm still working on it. I'm still, you know, researching what products are the best for my skin and I'm still doing what I can to take care of it. But the one thing that I wasn't doing was being consistent. I was so all over the place. Like I would wash my face really well for like four days a week. And then some nights I would get so tired that I would only use a makeup wipe. Sometimes I would go out and come home late and I wouldn't take off my makeup at all. And if you wear makeup, you know this, like if you go one night without washing your face or taking off your makeup and washing your face and doing your whole routine, you will probably wake up with the flare up. And if you don't wake up with the flare up, you will wake up the next day after that initial night. Two days later, you'll have a flare up is what I'm trying to say. The flare up is going to happen somehow, some way. So avoid that. Don't allow your skin. And okay, side note, even if you don't see it visibly on your skin right after, over time, you're going to start to see your skin become more and more tired, colorless, dull, just it's crazy how over time you see all of the the many nights that kind of stack up that you didn't wash your face. And so I've just tried to be so consistent with my skincare routine. Even if I don't have this nine-step skincare routine, which I don't, I've just been really consistent And I've seen the biggest difference in my skin probably ever. And I'm really proud of myself for that because I I just love how I feel without makeup on now. And I love makeup. And now, now that my skin is a lot more clear and the texture is a lot more even, makeup is going to look even better. But it feels so good to not wear it and to also not feel insecure without makeup. So that's just a huge one. I think that taking care of your skin is just such a huge thing and it makes you feel overall healthier and happier. You don't have to worry about putting anything over it. You just wake up and you feel like you can actually walk outside the house and go somewhere without putting anything on. So I'm aspiring to have even better skin. I'm, I'm again, like looking up, you know, better products that I could add to my skincare routine. But I think just being consistent is number one, the biggest thing. Number 10, overconsumption shrinks original ideas. So I love TikTok. Like I've said, I'm trying to limit it. I literally didn't even have the app until like I didn't have the app when it was popular. I just got it this year. Well, 2021. And again, yeah. So trying to be better with managing my time on there. But what I realized is that when I overconsume, whether it's on Instagram, TikTok, YouTube, any of those apps, I become unable to form my own thoughts, unable to form original ideas, unable to be creative and lose myself in a project because all I'm thinking is someone else has already done this. It's not as good as this person's idea. It's just another variation of this person's idea. And it limits me. It's the same thing as trying to live up to the idea of someone else and comparing yourself to someone else. It's like, you know that you will never be that person, just like that person will never be you. And trying is only going to make you go crazy because you literally can't be that person. And so it's the same thing with this. It's like, I feel like the more social media I scroll through, it's like my creativity just diminishes. And I don't want to let that happen anymore. So I think that if you feel like you haven't had an original thought in days, like you, you haven't thought of any new ideas, you've been struggling with just any sort of creative expression, look at your social media and figure out if like that's what's causing it. Because with me, that was for sure it like just over consuming and seeing so much of the same thing to where it sort of drowned out any sort of clear space I had in my head to think. So 
that's going to be something I work on more in this next year. And I guess just like going forward in general, because, oh my gosh, nothing beats the feeling of actually coming up with something original. And, you know, either way, like no one can ever be super duper duper original. Like we all are kind of doing variations of similar things, but at least you'll know that it was 100% yours and not some carbon copy of something else that you saw on TikTok or Instagram. So just stick to what you know and stick to what feels good to you and stick to what your gut tells you is right. Okay, number 11, only wear slash keep clothes you actually use and feel good in. This goes back to my laundry mishap of the first like 18 years of my life. Um, Yeah, so I ruined my clothes and now I have a lot of clothes that are just not in great condition. I am going to be giving them away and selling some of them because I don't want to wear or keep any clothes in my closet that I'm not actually going to wear. Like at this point, they're just taking up space. So if you haven't done a closet clean out lately, like that will seriously make you feel so much less stressed. I don't even know if like, that does stress people out, but it stresses me out just like knowing that I have stuff that's just sitting in my closet, not being worn. Also for when you get new clothes, you could just easily put it in your closet. You know what's there and you want to make sure that you're wearing the clothes again that you spend money on and the clothes that you that just don't get enough use and they can and you can make cool outfits and and new fun things that you haven't gotten to wear before. But when your closet is overcrowded by a bunch of crap that you no longer wear, it's like yeah, let's get rid of this stuff. Like, let's just push it out. Eventually you have to like part ways with it. I'm a very sentimental person. So it's been hard to part ways with some of my stuff, but it has to happen at some point. I always think like when I get married and move away, like, or when I even, I guess no, because when I do move out of my parents' house, which I am right now, I'm, I'm living here post-grad. Um, when I do move out and I, you know, get a new apartment and everything, I'm probably still going to have stuff here. So let's skip forward. I always think like, okay, when, when I get married and my parents want to make my room into like a guest room or I don't know, eventually I'm going to have to throw out all of this stuff. So I'm trying to get ahead, even if I don't get married in like, you know, until 10 years from now. But still, I'm prepping for the future, okay? I'm thinking ahead. And I highly recommend you do too. It's going to make you feel really great. Okay, number 12. Never pay $50 for a manicure you're not happy with. This one is controversial because I know a lot of people don't want to hear this. Like I know a lot of people don't want to be confrontational, which I totally get. I don't want to be confrontational either with the nail tech who's doing your nails. But please, like just please. I used to be so afraid of speaking up if a nail didn't look right or if I didn't like the way they did my eyebrows, which if it is eyebrows, it's like, yeah, you can't really fix that. Like your eyebrows gone. But if it's your nails, like, yes, they can totally fix it. And I understand I don't want them to feel bad, but you're paying money. Like you're paying money and you're paying money for a manicure that's supposed to last you for weeks. If you get acrylic nails, especially, they're supposed to last you for weeks. And if you're not getting your money's worth, then what's the point? Like you just went to the nail salon to have them give you nails that you're not happy with, that you're going to have to stare out for the next two to three weeks and be sad about. So say it when you're there. And I promise you, they prefer that you say it when you're there rather than tell them later. I heard a story the other day about this girl who she had gotten her nail cut way too short. And so by the time that he had already gotten to all the other nails, she didn't say anything because she was scared. And he had cut all of her nails short and he had finished the manicure. And he was like, are you happy with it? She was like, actually, no. Like, can you add length to all of these? And you can't really necessarily add length, right? Like you have to take off the whole nail and you have to redo everything. 
And he told her, I could have done this earlier. I could have fixed it earlier if you had told me to fix that first nail. And then it wouldn't have cut off all of the other ones that short. So it goes to show like the nail techs are there to give you nails that you'll actually like and come back for another manicure. And it just doesn't make sense to literally just give them 50 bucks, 55 bucks, 60 bucks. That's how much nails cost if you don't know. It's a lot for a manicure that you're just not happy with because again, you have to stare at them for a while. So I'm not saying to ever be rude, like never be disrespectful, obviously. But I will say being assertive is huge. And I think that that's what's given me a lot of decent manicures. I mean, yes, I will say I've walked away from the nail salon with really crappy nails because I was way too afraid. I felt like I was correcting them so much and just being like annoying. I hate being that person. But at some point you have to just do it. Like you have to just say it, even if it's in a super nice way and don't be apologetic about it. Just say it. And then you'll be happier with your purchase. You'll be happier with your nails and you won't feel like you just wasted money after you leave the nail salon. So practice being more assertive. Okay. Number 13. Do research on what you're putting on and in your body. So skincare, food, drinks, etc. We don't realize like all of the stuff that we put on and in our body throughout the day. Even if it's something as small as cleaning spray, like that you're breathing in when you're cleaning your house, which I learned from, we had a guest on one of our episodes from way back when, oh my gosh, it was Gabrielle Bonner. And she was talking about like all natural cleaning sprays and stuff like that. There's just so many things throughout the day that we touch, that we inhale, that we we put on our bodies, that we consume, and we don't realize how unhealthy it is for us. So I know that that's a lot and you can't always control Actually, you can never control all of those things. But start off with skin. I think that's a huge one for me. I've just been doing extra research on skincare and making sure that what I'm putting on my skin is good for me. It's made of healthy ingredients. It's made of natural ingredients. And also that like it hasn't ruined people's skin over time. And I know that that's like a hard thing to tell. There's a lot of newer skincare products that are out there that we just don't know the long-term effects of because it hasn't been that long since they've been out. But I just think research is so important before you buy a product. And I think it's obviously going to be healthier for you in the long run, clearly, because you know what's going in and on your body. Okay, number 14, ask more than you answer. So during conversations, I have had a bad habit of sometimes over talking, but also just not asking as much as I answer, I, I like getting lost almost in, in my own ramblings. And I have learned to ask more because a conversation is a two-way street. And I feel like this has happened so many times. Like, and you know what? Sometimes it needs to be all about the other person. Like it needs, or it needs to be all about you if you're going through something that sounds weird. But sometimes it does have to be all about just one person. If your friend comes to you in a moment of need and they need to talk about something like a breakup or something serious that they're going through or vice versa, like that's a situation in which it would just be about the one person. But in a normal conversation, it should be equal and it should be both of you guys kind of flowing back and forth, asking and answering, asking and answering. And I personally, not that I necessarily want to deflect from myself, but I definitely want to ask more than I answer because it's just so much more fulfilling. Like I don't want to talk about myself during this entire conversation and monopolize everything. So I'm not going to do that. I want to ask about you. I want to know about you. I want I want your opinion on this thing that you're asking me about. I want it to be a two-way street. So that's been a really great lesson. And I know that it's, it can't always be super consistent because again, sometimes one person is going through something and they just need to talk about it for a long period of time. But for the most part, it should be an equal thing. Okay, number 15, reflect on how you feel after time with them. 
So I wouldn't really think about this a lot. Um, After I spent time with people, I just thought, okay, good, socialization, checkmark. But honestly, there are some social situations where afterwards, I just don't feel good. I feel shitty. And that's not something you should ever feel after hanging out with people. That's not something you should ever feel with people that you consider to be friends. And I feel like that's very obvious. Yeah, but we don't really realize it in the moment and, and right after we hang out with people, we don't really realize it. But I urge you, I know that sounds so serious. I seriously do urge you though, to make it a point to reflect on how you feel after time with that person or those people, because it says a lot. And I didn't realize, you know, that certain friendships weren't really the best or certain people weren't really the best until after I left the time with them. And I realize that I don't actually feel good. It doesn't energize me to be around them. You know, it makes me feel worse somehow. And I know that it's hard sometimes when you feel like maybe, you know, you don't have another choice. You only have those friends. And it's not like you can just easily walk away and cut it off. I'm not saying like, oh, end any friendship that you don't feel great afterwards, because sometimes it's just an off day. Sometimes, you know, people need to be able to just sit with you and not say a word and you know, have a boring time like that. That's fine. That happens in friendships, especially long ones. But if it's a consistent thing, or if it's even a thing where you just you feel worse about yourself, you feel bad about yourself as a person, then that's when you need to evaluate it seriously and consider cutting it out. But again, it doesn't always have to be perfect after you hang out with someone. It doesn't always have to be the most life-giving, energetic thing, but it should be most of the time. Number 16 hold on to your inner kid. As a 23-year-old, as okay, as if I'm so old, but I, I do feel old and I feel like this idea that I had always held on to of like, you know, keeping that inner child magic alive. Like it somehow sounds uncool. And you know what? I don't care. I don't care because I don't ever want to lose that part of myself. I want to always have that inner child in me somehow because if I lose that inner child, then I feel like I've lost a huge part of me and a huge part of my identity and a part of myself that I actually really like, which yes, like, you know, part of that is being very naive. Part of that is being fearless because I don't know what's ahead. And I I just want to jump in like a kid would. And I just don't want to let that go. And I feel like it's that quote. It's like, you don't know what you don't know. And that's how it is when we're young. We literally just don't know what we don't know because we haven't gotten there yet. And we look at everything through rose-colored glasses and everything is shiny and everything, you know, nothing can be bad almost. And we start to realize as we grow up, like, okay, yeah, there's actually two sides of everything. And you know, maybe things weren't as perfect as I thought they were. But I think always somehow finding a way to hold on to that part of us that is naive, that is a little bit, you know, obviously childlike, but in the best way is just so important. It's important. So, you know, we don't lose, we don't lose that wonder. Gist is a lifestyle. So gist is G-Y-S-T. It means get your shit together. And it was coined by Kayla Nicholson, a YouTuber, She is awesome and she does these things called gist days. And so I think it would be like every Sunday for her, she would make a video um, of her gisting. So it was her getting her life together, um, you know, cleaning her bed sheets and cleaning her house and journaling and planning for the week, cooking for the week, all that sort of stuff. And I love that so much. And I've always seen Sundays as those days where you just get your life together after a long weekend and after, you know, the week before of just crazy busyness. I love Sundays so much for this. So I am just going to make it a more consistent thing. I've done it a lot more in the past year, two years, just made it a part of my routine. I feel like we all need that one day a week where we just focus on 
restoring ourselves, rejuvenating, like in a way it can still be restful to get our lives together, to clean, to do our laundry, to do the grocery shopping, to get our cars washed, all of that sort of stuff. Like the the random little errands that you need to run that'll make you feel better afterwards. It can be so fun to do that, setting aside a day to get all that stuff done. And yeah, I just, I, I want to make it more of a lifestyle and I've definitely learned to do that for sure. Um, at least on Sundays, that's like my main, my main day to do it. Um, so yeah, that's really fun. And it'll just make your life so much better. It'll make you feel like an overall cleaner person. And, you know, I feel like just being organized physically makes you organized mentally. So that's just been a really happy part of my life. And I, I look forward to Sundays because of it. Okay, number 18, capture moments with intent. So we obviously all take pictures and videos, at least for the most part. I feel like everyone in this day and age, obviously we all have our phones. When we go somewhere really cool, we want to take a picture, but we want to capture the moment. And I think that capturing it is important. I know that, you know, to older people, they might think like, oh, like that's, you know, so Gen Z or that's, you know, so whatever. Like they, you know, they live on their phones. They don't want to live in the moment. Like they're only, they only care about posting this on social media. And sometimes like that has definitely been me. I really hate to say it very few times though. Okay. I will say like a lot of the time that I capture those moments is just because I, I want to remember it. And so I think capturing your moments with intent is really important. Just keeping yourself in check, making sure that, you know, you're not taking the picture or video just so you can post it and you know, just so you could see if that person viewed your story, but more so taking it because of a bigger reason, of a reason that actually is a little bit more of substance, I think. Um, you know, of course, we love posting and and it's fun. It's fun to build those things up and have those memories on our social media in a way. But I think more important is just capturing the moment because you simply don't want to forget it. And I mean, that's been like the the biggest reason why I like to take pictures because I just I just want to remember it as vividly as I possibly can. And, you know, it's impossible to just do that with your eyes. You can't just vividly remember a moment. So, you know, we have sometimes have to take videos, we have to take pictures. And I think it's so fun to, you know, post those and reflect back and share those with other people so they can some somehow feel like they're in the moment with you. Um, but just make sure that you're taking it with with a good intent that feels right for you. Okay, number 19, know the value of a moment when you're in it. So it's similar to the last one, but also kind of different. Um, there have been a lot of times when I look back and I'm like, dang it, I did not fully appreciate that moment for what it was. And now I'm looking back and I wish I was right back there. Like I wish that was my life because it feels like a dream. So that's why I've started again, like in the past year or so, maybe even a little bit longer, just being extremely aware of the moment when I'm in it, when it's a good one and one that I want to remember. And that doesn't even necessarily mean taking a picture of it or anything, because sometimes these moments aren't meant to be captured on camera, but just the feeling of a moment, you know, you can't really capture a feeling necessarily. So, you know, even in something as simple as sitting outside in the backyard and, you know, you can hear the little wind chimes and you can hear the birds and <laughs> you can hear, you can uh, feel the sun on your skin. Oh my gosh, I feel like I'm writing a, a little book or something. But those small things that you can't necessarily capture on camera just remember the feeling. I think knowing the value of a moment while you're living it is essential instead of regretting that you didn't fully inhale that moment when you had it because you're not going to get it back. So yeah, be in the moment and remember it as best as you can and 
And that way, when you look back and you think of the moment, you're like, you know what? Yeah, I actually did fully appreciate it for what it was. And I I didn't take it for granted. I knew what it was when I had it. Okay, number 20, separate your work and bed space. Um, I have been really just naive in this because I'm like, oh, it's like a cozy vibe today. Like I can work in my bed and it's, it's gonna be totally fine, but it's not fine. And like, yes, sometimes you can get work done in your bed, but it's not the most efficient way of working. I have learned if you can work in your bed, like all the more power to you. But when I actually work at a desk at a table, I have a designated space to work. I have my little drink lineup per usual, my coffee and my water. I've got my headphones in my playlist on my lamp, my candle, like everything is just set and ready to go. I feel so much much sharper. I feel like I can get way more work done at a way higher efficiency. And it just separates rest from work. Also, like if you're in your bed all day, and then you just go straight to bed after you're done working from bed, there's no mental shift. It just feels like one large lump of time, if that makes sense. And so yeah, I'm I'm trying to be better at this. And I honestly, I've gotten better at it, but only since recently, like it, it hasn't always been this way. So separate your work from your bed. You can obviously read in bed. I think that's totally fine. But when you actually have to get work done that takes a little bit more mental power, then move to a desk, move to like a designated workspace. That's not your bed. Also getting dressed to work, I think is important. I'm not saying like if you work from home, put on your work pants and your, your you know, your linen top and your loafers and everything and, and work, but just change, just change your outfit. Like don't wear your pajamas from the night before. I feel like that mental shift is huge. It just makes you feel more productive and ready to go and in a different mindset as opposed to like your oversized t-shirt. But sometimes, you know, you got to have those days, so it's fine. But for the most part, I think, yeah, just just changing it up is imperative. Okay, number 22. Oh, wait, no, <laughs> number 21, eye contact. I literally just wrote eye contact. Eye contact is important. And sometimes I have a habit of avoiding eye contact with people because I'm scared to like look deep into their soul and have them look deep into my soul. But eye contact is huge. It be, it's like literally the difference between connecting with the person and not connecting with the person. There have literally been like, you know, those YouTube videos where it's like, can two strangers fall in love by just making eye contact for 10 minutes straight? And I truly believe that there are some people who not necessarily fall in love, but it's like to some degree have a greater interest in each other than the ones that didn't make eye contact. Eye contact is just very intense. I think that's what it is. It's like the intensity kind of breaks you out a bit. But eye contact is very important, especially when you're talking to people, like you're networking, you're, you know, do having some sort of work-related conversation. I think it's really important. And also when someone is venting to you or someone's, you know, talking about something that's really important or really deep to them, you want to make eye contact. You want to not be looking at your phone, not be looking around for a distraction, but just genuinely showing them that you, they have your attention. It's undivided. You're theirs in a way for, you know, that 30 minutes that they need you to talk to. So eye contact. Let's all, let's all make eye contact, okay? All right, 22. The anticipation is worse than the event itself. Um, overthinkers unite. Let's just all, you know, give little snaps for this one because it's true. When we anticipate things, and I don't mean anticipate in like an exciting way, I'm more so talking about like the nerve wracking way, like, ah, like I have, you know, this meal that I'm meeting, I don't know, my editor for or whatever, like I'm meeting my editor for, for a meal and like I'm nervous because like all these different things could happen, like what if everything goes wrong, blah, 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 overthinking and over anticipating of what the event's actually going to look like is way scarier than the event itself. And this could be anything from 
a small coffee to an interview for a job. It could be so many different things. But the more we overthink it, like literally to death, we overthink these things to death, the more scared we get and the less likely we are to actually enjoy that moment fully and be in that moment fully. We almost freak ourselves out and self-sabotage before the moment even happens. So I honestly wish I had a cure-all for this one. Like I wish I could tell you do this and then and then you won't have to overthink a moment or you won't have to over-anticipate a moment. But seriously, zoning out from those thoughts that are kind of just becoming too much is so key. So what I like to do is listen to music. Like let's say I'm getting ready for an interview that I'm having. Yes, I could spend the entire time I'm doing my makeup over preparing for my interview and making sure I remember to say all of these different things, but that's just only going to make me more scared and more nervous. So instead, I'm going to listen to music. I'm going to listen to music that makes me feel good, that makes me happy, that makes me feel confident. And I'm going to focus on if my thoughts even go there. I'm going to focus on the part that I like about this opportunity, the part that makes me excited for this opportunity, the reason why I want it in the first place, rather than all of these little tedious things that I need to attend to and that I need to make sure I mention, switch the mindset to, no, I'm thinking about the intention behind it. I'm thinking about the overarching reason why I even want this job. And I feel like when you take it down to that ground level, it just makes it a lot more personal and it makes it less scary because you're not so worried about all of the little trivial things that could go wrong. So that's a huge one. And last but not least, you get what you give. You get what you give. And This isn't always the case for sure. Sometimes you definitely don't get what you give, but I promise you in most cases, this is the truth. In work, in relationships, in friendships, in life in general, you do get back what you put in. And I think that, you know, sometimes it's easy to think that, oh, like these things will just happen to me over time. And, you know, eventually things will all work out. It'll just happen. But And yeah, that like that's a good sentiment, you know, to live your life by in a way. But we do have to remember that, you know, the more we put in, the more we're going to get out of something. If we are, let's say, working a job that we're not entirely sure we love, we wouldn't know its full capability until we actually give 100% of ourselves. Even in friendships, you know, if you're not pulling your weight, if you're not meeting that person halfway, if you're not making the plans, if you're not letting them know that you care about them and care about the friendship, then eventually it will die down unless you put in what you want that person to put in. You know, and of course, things can get uneven. And when it comes to that, you're going to have to evaluate the situation and see like, okay, is this person putting in what I'm putting in? Am I getting back what I'm putting in? I feel like for the most part, you do get back what you give. And that's just it. I mean, when I actually apply myself in something, I do feel a reward in a way. Like if I actually make the most out of the hours that I have to do my job, I will actually get the work done. Super simple, right? But like sometimes I won't be as effective on purpose. Like I'll just be sort of drudging through the day. I don't even know if that's a word, but like I'll just be barely getting through the day because I'm so tired and I'm not doing as much as I should. And then I wonder why I'm not feeling great about my work that day or I'm not feeling great about my job that day. Well, it's because I didn't give a lot. And when I give a lot, I actually feel really great about myself and I actually feel like I'm a capable writer. And so it's just that simple little switch, which is definitely not so simple, but it can be. And that wraps up the 23 things. So thank you so much for listening through this entire list. I know it was all over the place and I'm just so thankful that you even listened to this episode. So yes, let's do our little plugs. Make sure to follow us on Instagram at Before We Make It. 
We post episodes every Tuesday. Also, be sure to leave a oh a birthday cake emoji on this episode post, the post where we announce this episode. You can also leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. You can rate us five stars on Spotify. Follow us on Spotify. Subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts. And tune in next week for a new episode. Thanks for listening. Bye. Thank you.